Welcome to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. I'm Catherine Mora, founder and CEO of Change Empire Books. We help coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs write and publish quality books and get them out into the world. We believe that thought leaders are made through a combination of quality of service, planning, and authenticity. Do you want to impact lives and leave a legacy? Stick around until the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest on the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. Let's get started. Your host, Starlet Henderson here with this episode's thought leader, Chuck Moeller. Chuck is the CEO of mcgpartners.com, and we're going to talk about his business and how he came to be. So how are you doing today, Chuck? I'm doing wonderful. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I want to hear more about what you're doing over at MCG Partners. Let's start there. Sure. I, I started the firm uh, 14 years ago uh, this summer. Actually, it'll be 14 years um, we're a leadership and talent optimization firm. What does that mean? Well, we're all about helping organizations and companies of all sizes, of all industries, uh, startups to the Fortune 500, really kind of get to the next level of, in terms of their leadership and talent effectiveness and, and ensuring that not only they have healthy cultures in the right working environments, but they are obviously able to achieve their strategic objectives. Yeah, I saw that. It's kind of laid out as the leaders, the talent, and the organization. So you're kind of giving them a 360. Yeah, we, we kind of divide all of our service into those three buckets. Exactly. So congratulations on 14 years. That's amazing. You've passed like a lot of the, right, the road bumps and the obstacles and the, you know, the, <laughs> are we shutting down? Can we make it past five years? Congratulations on that. Um, tell me what led you to starting this company and a little bit about the milestones that brought you to where you are today. Yeah, thank you. Um, we all have our, our our story and our journey. I look back and, and I see a very logical path mm-hmm. of my career, but at the time, it seemed like I was <laughs> changing directions all the time, right? Sure. I, I guess in a lot of ways, my career is an experiment. I really like to experiment and try a lot of different things. Most of my career was in management consulting. I did everything from process reengineering work to strategy work to change management uh, some mergers and acquisition work around change on the people side of change. Mm-hmm. And I got into the talent management leadership development space over 25 years ago. And that's where I stayed. I really, really loved that space. And the experimentation continued where I did everything from startups, where I built my own practice, my own my own business, mm-hmm. you know, for another company, to right. where I built practices for other companies, um, and, and, uh, you know, or restructured businesses for other, other practices and companies as well. So that was most of my career. And I, I was fortunate enough to run a, uh, a, a small global consulting firm. We were very successful. Then we were acquired. We got acquired again. This all happened mm-hmm. literally in one year, uh, back in 2006. Exactly. And I remember turning my wife and saying, you know, I just think it's time for me to start my own thing. And uh, in that decision, I also decided to become an executive coach. Um, and uh, so a little unusual where I, I, I coach leaders and leadership teams, but I also started, uh, you know, my own firm and built built a team and, and prepared yeah. a really successful practice. Um, and this was, by the way, also in the middle of 2007, just as the economy was about to to crash. So right. I, always, I always tell people there's only one way to go, which is up at that point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you got in while the getting was good. That's that, you know, good investment, right? Get in at the bottom and watch it rise. And I mean, you have a, a phenomenal team, a very large team working for you. 
We do. Uh, we, we, we have great, great people. Very, very, very uh, uh, just, just uh, grateful to have such talented people that are so passionate and like-minded about what we're mm-hmm. trying to do as a firm. Uh, and that takes a lot of work, not only finding good people, but also maintaining our focus and, you know, why we're here, what we're doing and what, what success is for us. Mm-hmm. But it, it's exciting to have people that are like-minded and they're, they're so passionate and want to make a difference. And, and we have a framework and a methodology of how we do that. Right. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, it's important for someone like you going into other businesses, telling them how to do it for you to have, have one that you are excited about having on board and having that staff and everybody being like-minded. That's good. Um, my mom always told me not to marry the plumber if we wanted to have good plumbing. So <laughs> that's just what well, that brought yeah, to mind. It's like the cobbler's children. Sometimes, you know, exactly. we're not always good at doing what we do for ourselves as we do with our clients. And that takes, a, it takes work, it takes focus to do that. Right. And it takes time to pause and say, wait a minute, am I, am I fulfilling what, you know, what we should be doing ourselves, let alone what we're doing for our clients? Right. Are you practicing what you preach? Exactly. Very nice. So what does being a thought leader mean to you, Chuck? This is a good time to ask, I think. Yeah, it, it's such a great question in a lot of ways. It really, to me, means so many different things. You know, I think thought leadership is about, you know, it, you know, it could be just, it's really, frankly, I think for, for me, relative to the person. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be uh, the number one or top expert in your field or in your profession. It's about having thought leadership relative to the environment that that's important to you, mm-hmm. and that could be a very micro or very macro environment. Um, and so I think I think having thought leadership where where it's about having a voice, it's having a voice about what you want to impact and and what what foresight you may have about you know what what uh, what's needed or what impact it can have to to. An environment and that thought leadership can can apply to many many different environments, not just a business environment. Yeah, I kind of hear just hints of you thinking you're saying that you know this is, could be applied to parenting. It could be you know applied to being a good child or a good student or just you know um, at any level. Yeah, I think I think thought leadership is about you know pausing and asking questions and the right questions and getting people to stop and think. And uh, and I can, and you're right, it it, it really. It really uh, thresh, it's a threshold across so many different aspects of life. Sure. Yeah. So do you have any good stories on, you know, the impact that you're making on different clients that you're working with, um, helping them, you know, change their environment, become thought leaders themselves? Yeah, I, I've, you know, I've been very fortunate. I think, I think when I became an executive coach, I just could tell you a quick story about that first, because I think sure, that's really yeah. relative. Um, you know, the, you know, a lot of people get into a profession for a lot of really good reasons. And, um, you know, what, what my story was, I, I was running a, a practice, a very large practice and the CEO who was my boss. And luckily also my mentor asked me one day if I ever had a 360 assessment. And for those who are not familiar with that, it's when you get feedback from all your key stakeholders, your boss, your peers, right. your subordinates, other key people in a very confidential setting. It's an online report. And then you get that report and it's, it doesn't say who said what, but it gives you feedback, including ratings of all these key questions about your leadership effectiveness. Right. And um, I was pretty shocked by how tough some of the feedback was. And um, I was so mature back then. My reaction was, you know, screw all these people because look at my great results. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and I wasn't really that young, I, you know, so I'm being, you know, a little tongue in cheek here, but you know, my boss laughed because, you know, I was just very, you know, there's pride that gets in the way, right? You right. know, our ego. ego and our pride get, get hit a little hard when we get feedback like that, especially when we're not ready for it. Um, and um, he just laughed and said, let's just, you know, think about, let's go through it. 
And he, and he said something to me that was very profound for me at the time and really impacted me in my life and my career, which is, Chuck, you know, you'll always be successful in, in your career. You know, you, you're, you're smart. You care about people. You work hard to get results. Um, you know, you're innovative. You know how to build businesses. But, you know, if you want right. my job one day, if you want to be a CEO one day or continue to advance yourself, um, you really never stay in leadership. You get the management part of your job. You don't really get the leadership part of your job. Right. And of course, I didn't want to hear that at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to it, went away, got over myself, started reflecting, went back to him. We sat down and said, look, you're right. Now, I really do need to figure out what leadership is. And that started the whole journey for me to really understand not only the leadership, what is leadership, right? The topic of leadership, right? The expertise of leadership and learning about that, but also understand what leadership meant for me, you know, how, how to personalize that. Um, and that journey hasn't stopped to this day because the things that get me into trouble still get me into trouble. Right. Uh, the difference is I'm a little bit more knowledgeable. I'm a little bit more prepared. I have a little bit more self-awareness. Um, but it, it really became life changing for me, not just professionally, but personally in terms of how I interact with people, uh, include, you know, inside and outside of my work environment. So that, 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 you know, I remember that experience and fast right. forward, um, 20 years later, or actually not 20 years later, but um, you know, when I, when I decided to start my firm 14 years ago, and, um, and that's when I decided, what am I going to do in this firm besides just running a firm? And I wanted to have a more entrepreneurial environment, but I really want to get back into consulting or, or working with clients. That's the reason you get into that profession. Right. You want to make a difference. You want to impact people. And, and that's where I decided I thought executive coaching would be a really good fit for me. So anyway, yeah. that's not a direct answer to your, to your <laughs> question, but I wanted to share that story because I think it's important to understand why we're motivated to do certain things and behind that. But the best thing about becoming a coach to your question is how I, I really get to know and understand people's journeys and experiences and what makes them unique. I mean, it's incredibly inspirational for me to learn from others. Mm -hmm. um, that's really one of the, the best things about becoming an executive coach and, and the kind of work we do as a firm is how much we learn from our clients and the experiences they've had, their success stories, their journeys, their failures to why they've gotten to where they are. And the hardest right. thing when you work with a client is how, helping them understand that maybe you have to make an adjustment to continue success, that your, your future success is going to look different than your current success. Because we all hit that, we all hit that wall, the proverbial wall of what's kind of gotten us here is not going to get us to the next step yeah. necessarily. Um, and then some specific stories in terms of clients, boy, there's so many. Um, I think <laughs> one in particular uh, was a, an executive that was running a very, very large uh, business for, for a Fortune 100 company. You yeah. know, we're talking multiple billion dollar business. And he was a pretty tough person. And, um, you know, he really struggled with uh, building relationships and establishing trust and, uh, and frankly, being a bit more uh, authentic in terms of how, um, you know, he interacted with people. Brilliant person, technically, as well as in terms of his business acumen. And, uh, you know, people I worked with before and, you know, just nothing ever clicked. And I was still pretty early in my coaching career. And, um, you know, it took, it took, a, took a couple of uh, sessions before we were able to really kind of break through and really sort of connect as, as people right. um, before we started really focusing on what was, what was needed for him to change. Um, and that, that's one, that's one of many experiences I've had. And I, I'm lucky I get to work with, leaders and executives of many different types of companies and industries, many different types of personalities. And it's just really about finding 
uh, finding out who they are as a person beyond just their record. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that was so important. And you know, it's, it kind of, it happens to all of us, right? We get that feedback and we're like, whoa, that's not what I thought people thought about me. Or I didn't even know that that needed to be on my radar, you know, kind of the experience that you talked about going through personally, you you have to have that. I think if you're going to start working with people to make that connection, because if you haven't had that, you know, fall before the journey, um, you know, people aren't really thinking that your story rings true or that you don't know what you're talking about. So, I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's so important. And thank you for sharing that. Sure. Um, you know, we all got to learn those lessons before we can pass them on. I, that's the hard, that's one of the hardest parts. I think of no matter who you are and what you do for a living is, uh, is, and you know, we, we sometimes forget what's kind of gotten us where we are. It's not necessarily all the successes. It's where we stubbed our toe where we've fallen down and how right. we learn from that experience and recognize um, you know, that that's how we grow, not only as people, but also the world, the environment around us. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's stubbing the toe. That's, that's how I describe it too. <laughs> you can't describe it much more drastic than that. Cause really in the grand scheme of things, and you just stubbed your toe, you didn't, you know, fall over and keel over and never to return again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, in that story or in your leadership journey, was there a book that impacted you? Yeah, there, um, there, there are a number of books. I would say earlier in my career, very early in my career, in the late 80s, a uh, book that I think everybody knows about, The the Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leader. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Covey, I believe, wrote that book in like 89. Yep. Um, that, that was really impactful for me because I was still only a few years in my career. And it really found, it gave me the first sort of framework um, around, you know, this whole notion of how to be effective. And I was very driven early in my career, but I was also I was also searching. I was right. searching for, you know, uh, how to how to improve, how to get better, uh, how to be more effective in, in my career as well as my life, and that was really probably the first fundamental book that really started that journey for me. Yeah, classic and a personal favorite. I like that one as well. So thanks, thanks for that. Uh, and you wrote a book as well. I did. Yeah, I you know it, it was an uh, interesting experience. Everyone tells you how hard it is, and until you really go through <laughs> it no yourself. <laughs> It's yeah, it's uh, it's quite quite a, a a challenge, but it was really a great experience. Um, I was very fortunate. You know, you know, the whole expression "it takes a village" not only in terms of raising uh, raising a child, but also in writing a book. Writing a book. Uh, yeah. um, and uh, you know, so really, with what the premise of the book was, I asked a question to myself and to my team about two and a half years ago, and I said essentially said, "What do we think is the future of leadership?" Um, you know, before COVID. The world had already been changing quite rapidly, right? For right, the last yeah. five or so years, digital capabilities um, and Zoom. exactly the digital world we live in, um, how consumers purchase goods, the cycle of innovation is getting shorter and shorter. Uh, there's there's a lot of disruption in every aspect of of you know our our lives, and again, a lot of it has to do with technology and innovation. Uh, but the point is, in, in the at least in the business environment, um, the intensity of change. In terms of how you manage your business, how you run your business, um, how you deal with um, sort of the the headwinds that happen in your business, what's going on with your competition, what's going on with your customers, so much. Um, the amount the amount of change has been intense. And then you think about our organizations uh, over the last few years; they've also changed dramatically, right? They're more complex. Um, the, the the whole focus and frankly the need to be more diverse and more inclusive. Right. The fact that you have multiple generations in your workforce. You know, being a leader, being a manager today is harder than ever. 
and it's very complex. Yet, for all intents and purposes, leadership models haven't really changed. So we, we start interviewing CEOs. We interviewed our clients. We start participating in some research. And then we, we really put together this, this uh, leadership model we, we refer to as the agile leader. And I mean agile, the verb, not agile, the methodology, uh, <laughs> right. even though it actually fits the agile methodology very nicely. And that became the premise of the book. But in addition to that, I really wanted to provide a, a framework, a roadmap to how to get to the next level as a leader. I don't care if you're mm-hmm. starting off. If you're mid-level, if you're a senior executive, C-level, taking that next step. It's about how to really understand what you need to do for yourself. But I want to be practical about it. I just don't want to be theoretical. So that was the premise of the book, and I was I was very excited to be able to do it um, and have something I wanted to talk about. And uh, it was just actually published uh, a few months ago. So I'm very excited about, and we've gotten some great feedback so far from the book. Yeah, that was the rise of the agile leader, and you can get it on Amazon. Yes, the rise the agile leader. Can you make the shift? Mm-hmm. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes and Noble. You can get it on Walmart. You can go to any of those websites. Yep. Um, so there was one more thing I wanted to touch on. Um, I saw that there was a compilation of lessons learned by like sixty CEOs on your website. Yeah, there, um, there, there is lessons learned. Uh, yep, compilation. There's we have some research on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of a lot. So I, we have two. I have two websites. I have our company website, then my own personal website, which is really about promoting the book, which is uh, Chuck Moeller, uh, com. And then what you're seeing there is a lot of the testimonials are in the books. So we have we have CEOs, we have executives um, of all industries and, and and different areas of focus that are. Uh, where, where I was very fortunate enough to be able to get their testimonials for the book. And you'll see yeah. a lot of that as well. Yeah. That's uh it's just an important time for that. Like you said, things are changing and we need to change with it and um, you know, practice our agility. I know as we get older that <laughs> mentally and physically metaphorically uh, that's something that definitely needs to be touched on. So thanks for bringing that to the world. No, my pleasure. You know, it, it's, it's a really, the, to me, there's a lot of key messages in, around the agile leader model in addition to the roadmap. Um, but it, it's, it's you know, self-awareness is always the foundation. That's not really new, but it's about curiosity. It's about experimenting. You know, we, we live in a world sometimes where we're afraid to, 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 to take risk because we're afraid of the consequences of the response or being shut down. The but the reality is we can't be innovative no matter what innovation. Innovation is not just new products and services. Innovation is how we approach problem solving, how we approach our day-to-day. It could be in any aspect of an organization. It's about looking at things differently. And if we don't challenge the status quo, if we're not willing to take risk, if we're not willing to fail, um, you know, we're not going to be innovative. And that's one of the challenges, one of the, the tensions in, in, in businesses today, you know, any organization today, is the willingness to experiment, to take risk, uh, to be curious without this fear of, of, of sort of punishment or retribution. And that's a, that's the big, one of the biggest challenges today in this whole notion of conflict. You know, I just wrote a recent article, a brief article on, you know, healthy conflict because it's an epidemic right now and not, not just in business, but in society, you know, we're, we're afraid to have healthy conflict because Mm -hmm. we're afraid of being shut down or being kicked out or not being included anymore. Uh, yeah. So it, it's really a, it's really a huge challenge today, the notion of being able to have respectful discussions and be able to listen to a point of view and maybe even dis- agree to disagree. Yeah. Uh, but those are the biggest challenges right now that, that, we're, that I'm seeing. 
Yeah. Conflict is inevitable and it's your choice to make it healthy or unhealthy. I mean, it's going to come. You just got to know how to deal with it. So um, well, your website is chuckmoller.com and then mcgpartners.com. And uh, we want to just thank you for your time for being with us today. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, thanks for participating. Hopefully uh, your, your viewers and listeners will get something out of this. Mora here. Thank you so much for listening to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit changeempire.com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Thought Leaders to Watch. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, changeempire.com, or follow me on LinkedIn as Catherine Moore. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Change Empire Book Coaching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.